This is Bill Newman, WHMP. Welcome to the show. It is our New Year's Eve of sorts show, and we want to conclude this year by talking with one of our favorite guests, one of our favorite segments, Your State You with Max Page, who is the president of the Massachusetts Teachers Association, and for our listening pleasure this morning, has put together for us a remembrance of 2022, a top 10 list. I don't know if it's the top 10 good things or the top 10 bad things, or it's just 10 things that actually came randomly to Max's mind that he wanted to share with us. Max Page, what do you have for us this morning? All right. Bill, good to talk to you. Yes, this is a top 10 list of sort of most important education stories of 2022 in Massachusetts. Okay, we're all ears. Let's do it. Number 10. First, uh, in just a very few days, uh, Secretary of Education Jim Pizer and Charlie Baker are out. And uh, former Lynn Superintendent Patrick Tutwiler and Governor Maura Healey are in. That has the potential, I underline potential, to lead to some really big changes all across public education, pre-K through higher ed. Okay, so spend spend another half minute with us on that, Max, because, uh, you know, if you follow the mainstream Massachusetts media now, it's a big love fest for Charlie Baker. But Charlie Baker actually has not been a friend of public education. No, I mean, Jim Pizer comes out of the Pioneer Institute. Um, He's our Betsy DeVos light and has been a proponent of performance incentives and charter schools and higher test scores. I mean, higher test, more emphasis on the MCAS, a whole host of things. Um, so Patrick Tutwiler, who's coming in as the new Secretary of Education, the former Lynn superintendent, a principal, lifelong educator, hopefully a very different approach to public education. So we're being very hopeful here. Great. Okay. Are we, are we counting down or counting up? Is this number nine or number we're counting, two? We're counting down to the most important. And now number nine on our number top nine ten. Number nine is, is uh, look, student loan debt erasure at the federal level. Now, you know, those, those darn lawyers are tying things up in Republican states, but uh, Joe Biden um, just said that there would be a, up to $20,000 per students. Uh, low-income working-class students loan debt erasure and that was a huge victory especially I want to give credit both to our NEA efforts National Education Association my parent union but also uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren and Congresswoman Ayanna Presley who have been on this for years to get student debt as much as possible erased because it holds back individuals and holds back our society number eight number eight um, attacks on curriculum, book bans, parents' rights, this whole movement to basically um, uh, attack what happens in our public schools. It is the latest salvo of an effort to undermine public education. It started with the attack on critical race theory, which began a couple of years ago, but now it's in talking about book bans. It's saying what parents can and cannot say about our history, about LGBTQ plus rights. A whole series of things I'm hoping is a terrible fever that we will be pushing back against, that we are pushing it back against, and we'll be successful at that. Okay. We're now counting down. We're at number seven of the 10 top top stories. 10 top stories in public education in Massachusetts. Many of these are national as well. But look, in a few days, this is an education story, believe it or not. We're going to raise the minimum wage to $15 on January 1st. Minimum wage in Massachusetts will be $15. 
anti-poverty measures are education reform measures, positive education reform measures. When families are out of poverty, that gives all the, the, the what, what young people need to be able to successfully learn. Okay, word number, number six. Number six, to, uh, this is a bad one, a continued decline in college enrollment. We saw in the pandemic, especially low-income students, students of color, um, huge dropout, either dropping out or is not completing uh, or not coming to college or completing their coursework. One of the goals we have for this year is winning debt-free public higher education so students can return. So that's a definitely a big story. So those are, those are two related stories. Somehow allow access to public higher education and reduce the debt that will be incurred by attending. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We put forward just a few weeks ago the plan for debt-free public higher education for everyone in Massachusetts. We being the Massachusetts Teachers Association. That's correct, okay. yes. Okay, all right. I think we're at number five, Max. We are at number five. Um, this could be number one, this could be number two, number three, but I'm just putting it here. Educator stress and demoralization, which has led to educator shortage. If you look on schoolspring.com, a big jobs website, there are 7,000 full-time Massachusetts educator openings right now across the state. So the, the strain of the pandemic and continued demoralization, partly because of the, the high stakes testing emphasis, partly because of the attacks that we're seeing from some parents' rights groups, there's a lot of dissatisfaction, people retiring early. And then uh, almost even worse is then young people not wanting to go into public education. That's partly because there's a huge wage gap, 20% gap between educators' pay and similarly credentialed and educated people in other professions. Big, huge issue that's growing. And there's a remedy for this uh, other than raising well, salaries you know, for teachers? Well, it's interesting, Bill. There's, is there a remedy? Yes, but it's multiple. I mean, I think debt-free public higher education is one reason, is one way to, to help people say, yes, I can go into that education profession um, because I don't have huge student debt hanging over me. But it's also about the MCAS the, that, that narrows and focuses the curriculum in ways that demoralizes educators and treats them not as professionals that they are. So there's a whole, actually a whole host of issues that we have to take on as a commonwealth or else we will simply not have the pipeline of the best young people going into public education that we need. Yeah, that's, a, that's one Maybe your next story, next of your top 10 important stories is more more uplifting, more positive. I mean, we are going to a New Year's well, Eve celebration not too long from now. Well, I got the last four I'm going to say are good. This one may not sound good, but I hope listeners will see this as very good. Number four, the strikes in Malden and Haverhill. We had um, one day strike in Malden, public ed school educators, and a four day strike in Haverhill. And I say this as a positive because it meant that those educators said, finally, enough is enough. And on a variety of issues, not just wages, but also the housing security for their families, uh, I mean, their, the families of their students and the safety of their schools, both for educators and students, were paramount. And they simply had recalcitrant school committees. And, and the members there finally said, enough is enough. And what we have to do is take the ultimate step which is withholding our labor until we get a fair contract. And so to my mind, it was deeply uplifting. The solidarity that we saw in Malden and Haverhill was profound. Yeah, and the solidarity was, was 
between the educators and the parents and the students. It was really exactly. a try I had calls from people saying, oh, if this Haverhill thing goes on, the parents are going to turn against you. The opposite happened. They knew, they trust the educators, and they knew that if they were doing this, it was because they had to. Your next top story? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lump these three together. The final three, Bill, is something close to your heart, I know. First, the fair share amendment, that is the million, so-called millionaire's tax, passed on November 8th. And number three is it will achieve greater tax fairness in Massachusetts. When that gets implemented on January 1st, 2023, in just a couple of days, we will have the beginnings of a fairer tax system where the wealthy, the wealthiest 1% will pay about the same as the lowest um, 10% of incomes in the state. So we will have, we will head towards a fair tax system. That's number three. Number two, on our list of top 10 education stories in 2022 is that the fair share amendment passed and we will get $2 billion a year for hopefully a century or more. As long as we had this restricted tax, uh, flat tax, we will now have hopefully a hundred years of a more progressive tax generating $2 billion for public education, pre-K through higher ed, and fixing our roads, bridges, and public transportation system. I gotta say, Max, I can't wait until we have our would be our centennial show to celebrate it with you, you and I together for the hundredth <laughs> anniversary of the tax. It's uh, going to be a wonderful party. Okay, what do you got for number one, Max? All right, number one is again. I'm going to emphasize the fair share amendment, but this time I want to focus on what it does more broadly, which is it expands our political imagination. For so many years, the notion was, well, there's not enough money around. So what are you going to cut this year? Oh, don't don't think big about debt-free public higher education. Don't think, feel, don't look for living wages for our education support professionals. We simply don't have the money. So once we have established this, that we won this, that we can ask the wealthiest to pay a little more in order to have the public schools and colleges and transportation systems we need, then we can think, what's next? What else is possible in a, co- in a commonwealth that is so wealthy as Massachusetts? So beyond tax fairness, beyond the dollars, is also simply that it allows us to think bigger about the kind of commonwealth we want. Max Page, I want to thank you for what you've shared with us this morning, and I want to thank you for being with us almost every week on Your State You. I think what you do here on this show and on your segments is a real service to the people of Massachusetts. It is, of course, an important part of the Valley, education being a crucial piece of our economy and the fabric of our society, of our community here. And I want to thank you for all you do for making us a vibrant, important, educated, and contributing community that works together. Thanks so much, Max. Thank you, Bill, and Happy New Year to you and everyone else on the show. And a very Happy New Year to you. We'll be right back. We're going to preview First Night right after this. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. I'm Tony Warden, President and Chief Executive Officer of Greenfield Cooperative Bank. 
I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season and a safe and healthy new year. This is Mary Rawls of the Co-op Bank, wishing all our customers, my family and friends, a very happy and joyful holiday season. This is Chelsea. And this is Maggie from the Commercial Loan Department. We want to wish our family, friends, and customers a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Jane Wolfe, Senior Vice President of Residential Lending at Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I'd like to wish you and your family a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year. Hi, this is Missy Tatro, Assistant Vice President and Senior Mortgage Originator at Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I'd like to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday season. Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Erica from the Florence Branch. Of Northampton Cooperative Bank. We, we would, would like, like to extend our best wishes to our customers, families, and friends for a happy holiday season and a happy new year. Cheers. I once had a customer who asked us to make a very special fruit basket. I want 25 pounds of bananas, he said, with a note attached that reads, I'm bananas over you. Will you marry me? You know, I've always wondered about their wedding cake. At State Street Market, we make fruit baskets. Of course we do. But just because it's a basket doesn't mean you've got to fill it with fruit. How about a basket filled with what, soda pop or microbrews? There are Chardonnay baskets, Merlot, Shiraz. Give us a price range and we'll fetch you a combination of bottles from the wine cellar that'll make someone dizzy with delight. Oh, we do baskets. Local goat cheeses and six kinds of crackers. Cookie baskets based on the cities of the world. Milano, Brussels. We've even put together the ingredients for the perfect minestrone. The fresh vegetables, the spice jar, the pasta. Hey, if you can dream it, State Street can put it in a basket. State Street Deli, State Street Fruit, State Street Wines and Spirits, Northampton. Delivery too. Hi, this is Jessica from Fitness Together. I meet clients every day who tell me that as the number on their scale grew higher, their self-esteem dropped lower, and going to a traditional gym absolutely terrified them. Here at Fitness Together, we'll work with you one-on-one, -on -one, either virtually or in one of our private suites in Amherst or Northampton. We'll help you set and reach your fitness goals, and most importantly, smile every time you look in the mirror. Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. Your self-worth is worth Fitness Together. First Night Northampton is back, live and in person. 21 family-friendly venues, over 100 performances from noon to midnight. Purchase your pins at firstnightnorthampton.org. Pick them up on the second floor of Thorns Marketplace on the 31st. Your pin opens every door at the largest performing arts festival in the state. Municipal parking lots are free, so join us for music, acrobats, DJs, comics, magicians, and so much more. There's also a fantastic fireworks display at 6 p.m. Northampton First Night, the place to be on New Year's Eve. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. We are joined in the studio by Steve Sanderson, who is the Northampton Arts Council events producer. And he has a well, an event coming up that you – okay. You have a huge event coming up, Steve Sanderson. First Night, what – tell us a bit of – give us a bit of a preview of First Night, please. Well, Ray, it's tomorrow. It's Saturday. And, you know, I should be concerned with all the other things I have to do, but I don't know what I'm going to wear. <laughs> and that's, that's been on my mind lately. I, maybe I should be concerned with the 22 venues or the 100 performances or perhaps maybe the lights not working on the ball going up on top of the hotel or maybe the fireworks. I don't know. I should be worried about that stuff. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong with 100 acts and 20 venues? <laughs> I and, figure, ca and calling me Ray because I, Ray is actually here, but that's okay. So far, so good. I think. I think. I think I'm just going to wear my lucky socks and call it good. Okay. But today I brought some friends. I brought Ray Mason, local songwriter, and not 
self-appointed godfather of the local music scene. That's I know you don't like that. And then also local singer-songwriter and my neighbor, Lisa Bastoni. Good morning. Well, good morning to you both. Good morning to you all three. So tell us more about First Night. Oh, well, one button, not pin, opens all the doors, <laughs> right? This is the raging and controversy in Northampton. Is it, it is. First Night a button or a pin? We have a lot of the debate will <laughs> oh, continue. Yeah. As Bill, well. it's no longer <laughs> no-ho versus hand. It's pin <laughs> versus, versus pin. button. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 22 venues all across our walkable downtown, right? There are 100 performances. There is everything from dance to music to puppets to magicians to acrobats. And we have a little sample today of some of the great music. Right. We will have, we will have both of those performers uh, live in the studio in just a minute. I, I would like to ask you to go over... Uh, this force. I, I struck again about the, just, I think it's brilliant, brilliant programming for First Night with the uh, kids and family stuff in, in the afternoon and the more adult fair uh, in the evening. I'm also struck by the number of uh, performers and musicians and artists who are well known to me, and then a number who aren't. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit, Steve Sanderson, as the events producer for the Northampton Arts Council, how you put together this amalgam of uh, performers and this, this uh, I think it's really quite extraordinary, but it seems to me that there are a lot of old favorites here and then a number of new people, and I'm wondering how you went about and how you selected the uh, groups and musicians who will be performing. Right. Part of the beauty of why this event works is the bevy of artists we have right here under our noses in the valley. They're everywhere. They're playing regularly. They're playing house concerts. And you just need to go outside and see them and bring them in. It's one of our favorite things to do is to bring in new performers to First Night. Uh, this year we have a dozen new performers. We have uh, Urban Wizards. We have Hall and Silva. Um, you know what? I have a pick, and I know it's not really fair to pick favorites, and I don't, but I think this one's okay. Do you want to know what my pick of First Night is? I don't know. I'm rarely nervous asking a question. Asking a question, but okay. Let's go. Okay, in for is. a dime, in for a dollar. You're Okay, so in one of our new First Night <laughs> venues, Bishop, Bishop's Lounge, third floor, Rocking Puppies. Rocking Puppies. Yes, I said Rocking Puppies. And do you know who the Rocking Puppies are? No, but I'm glad to know that it's a who, not a what, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No live puppies were hurt during this show. <laughs> Great. Uh, Rocking Puppies are a daughter and dad punk duo from Western Mass. Wow. A nine-year-old daughter singing the punk rock songs, and their, uh, their goal, their only goal, is to have fun and rock your face off, Bill. And you know, <laughs> knew of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew of them. You know, they've been playing locally. I got to see a clip online of how amazing it was. I was sold immediately, and I just chased them down. Yeah, what, what I'm actually, one of the things I'm actually really impressed with on this uh, performance schedule for First Night is the number of uh, individuals and acts have come back uh, year after year, and they're just such favorites, including uh, Henry the Juggler and the uh, Comedy Magic Show and... Uh, 
a number. Oh, and, and the yo-yo, the yo-yo performances. Yeah. I was. Oh, I dreamt about it last night. Uh-oh. Yo-yos. <laughs> I did. Oh my god. Did you really? I, yes, I was did. Was he throwing I, down I, or oh. throwing up, Bill? Uh, <laughs> I know. I was throwing up. It was this dream about having to perform with yo-yos and could I could I do this? Uh, uh, what is it called? The sleeper. There were like three things we could do when I when I was a kid with yo-yos. Yeah. You could make it sleep at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You could walk do. the dog. Yeah. Um, and if you were really good, you could do a round-the-world twirl and not knock out your best friend by hitting him in the face with your yo-yo, um, which was always a major issue for me. Um, yeah. We were messing around. Knocking and, out your best friend? Yeah. yeah. Do, 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 ducking because the yo-yos are – but these yo-yo performers are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever uh, heard of the trick, Rocket in the Pocket? Uh-oh. They throw Uh-oh. it. I, no, this no, is, no. This is I'm serious. G- it's a real yo-yo oh, trick. Okay, they, okay. they throw the yo-yo 40, 50 feet in the air no. and catch it in their coat pocket. No. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I've also seen the yo-yo guy light a match with a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he does that indoors <laughs> during first night, <laughs> but wow. he might. Wow. Okay. So we have... Two of your performers here in the studio this morning, one of whom is Ray Mason, who is, well, described sometimes as the godfather. I described him for the promo for the show today as yeah. the icon yeah. of the local music scene. Yes. Which one do you prefer, Ray? Uh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just an old guy with a beat-up guitar who writes tunes and sings them and gets to record them. Yeah. Some great people. That's why. Once in a while. The rest of us make up endearing names for you, Ray. And you will we be performing that. where? Well, you know, Bill, I dreamt <laughs> yeah. about hula hoops last night. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. We're going to have to go in the, in the green room here yeah. and, sh- and share our dreams. T- yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're coming back. Okay. Well, terrific. Um, so you'll be performing uh, at first night or first day. Where are you performing? I'm playing solo at the APE Gallery. from. Yeah. Now, remember this time slot, too, because it's 345 to 430. And why is that, Ray? Because why? Do I have to explain this? You know, <laughs> we have time for this story. Ray this is, this is a real. <laughs> this is a real on the edge of your seat story. Okay, and now, you and know, now, breaking people, news from WHM Mass. I didn't know if you knew this, but Ray Mason is also in the Lonesome Brothers. <laughs> people will be on the edge of their seat, ready to leave the room after. Yeah. No, because yeah, because I'm playing till. Okay, uh, so you're playing. You're playing solo, starting with my Silvertone Electric, and then. At five, starting with the Lonesome Brothers, who I play bass in, of course. And, uh, you have a silver tone electric. That does, uh, how to put this right, date you. <laughs> it's 1965. Well, my first guitar was a 1964 silver tone when I graduated from the eighth grade in 64. But it's, it is an but iconic. I play a newer model of 65. An iconic guitar. It is. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's rock and the roll. The guitar is iconic. Because I play a lot of gigs where people go sometime. Well, not a lot. Some here and there. Hey, can I get a photo? I go, yeah, where'd you like me to stand? They go, no, not you, just the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. I'm not making this up. And I go, no problem. I say, that guitar takes a great photo. (laughs) Okay, what are you going to play for us this morning? Well, I was either going to do a new song or I think I'm going to do a song that goes way back to my 11th album, One Very Dear to My Heart. Some people say their first albums, but I kind of like go back to the 11th. There's something special about it. Anyway, it goes like this. I think I'm using Steve's acoustic guitar, so I'm going to, you know, I, I tuned it up from what the tuning that Steve had, which was his own unique tuning. <laughs> mm-hmm. He won't take you out or treat you to dinner. All we 
always wants you to drive Even when it's winter Makes a cozy home Feel like a concrete dorm It never makes you soup When you're feverish and warm I'm not that kind of guy I'm not that kind of guy that kind of guy. He won't help with your crossword or take you on a lovely day trip. Overfills your coffee to watch you clean up the drip. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that kind of guy That kind of guy, he's up to no good He'll never treat you the way I could Coming up short in the Department of Manners He's the only name in his daily planner <laughs> He won't take you out Or treat you to dinner Always wants you to drive Even when it's winter Makes a cozy home Feel like some concrete dorm It never makes you soup When you're feverish and warm I'm not that kind of guy I'm not that kind of guy that kind of guy. I'm not 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 that kind of guy. Ray Mason. Whoa. Whoa. Sounds like there's 11 people in here. Ray Mason will be performing solo at the APE Gallery at 345 on first night, first day. Actually, last day, but 345 on the first night schedule. And then he will be performing at 5 o'clock with the Lonesome Brothers at Edwards, Edwards Church as well. Ray, you are spectacular. Really, you are. I know. I know you're self-deprecating, and I'm you looking can... for a manager and an agent. Okay, well, we, we'll be right back as soon as we figure that one out. I'll we... be 73 this coming we, year. We... I think it's time for a career boost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I okay. have to start thinking about my career. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to figure that out while we'll we take a break. Though, we'll talk, <laughs> and we'll talk during the break, and then we'll be right back. More, we'll be, we'll be hearing from uh, Lisa. Uh, Bastoni, who will also be performing at First Night. She is an amazing performer, too. We'll be right back. Get in on the conversation. Call 413-586-7140. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker is nearing the end of his time in office. 
Baker spoke with News Center 5 about his highly visible role leading Massachusetts through the COVID pandemic. What I would say is when things weren't working, we moved pretty quickly to address them and deal with them. We never stopped talking to our colleagues in local government. We never stopped talking to the healthcare folks. The big thing I would say that I took from all of that was I had this front row seat into the way people stood up for each other, for their neighbors, for their communities, for their organizations. Baker says that overall, his time as governor has been a highlight of his life. The Massachusetts School Building Authority approved an increase in reimbursements this month, which means communities across the Bay State, including Amherst, will get more financial support from the state for school building projects they're pursuing. The increase means more money for the new Fort River School site on South East Street. And First Night returns to downtown Northampton this weekend with dozens of performances taking place at 22 different venues, from live music to comedy and professional yo-yoing. Northampton Arts Council events producer Steve Sanderson. It's not like this thing takes a, a big bite out of my soul or anything every year, but uh, it might. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, uh, in order to do this, you need to have a great community and a great team of people around you, which we do at the Arts Council. This will mark the 38th anniversary of First Night Northampton and the first time the event is back in person since the pandemic. For today, look for a mixture of sunshine and clouds. It'll be mild, highs 50 to 54. Tonight, look for increasing clouds, areas of patchy fog, overnight lows 36 to 40. And the outlook for Saturday, mostly cloudy and mild, rain developing in the afternoon, highs in the lower 50s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP. This News Minute is brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. Yo soy Johan Vega con la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media. Estados Unidos anunció el miércoles nuevos requisitos de prueba de COVID-19 para todos los viajeros de China, uniéndose a otras naciones que imponen restricciones debido a un aumento de infecciones. El aumento de casos en China sigue al retroceso de los estrictos controles antivirus de la nación. Los nuevos requisitos de Estados Unidos, que comienzan el 5 de enero, se aplican a los viajeros independientemente de su nacionalidad y estado de vacunación. A algunos científicos les preocupa que el aumento de COVID-19 en China pueda desencadenar una nueva variante de coronavirus en el mundo que puede o no ser similar a las que circulan ahora. Eso es porque cada infección es otra oportunidad para que el virus mute. Según las nuevas reglas, los viajeros a Estados Unidos desde China, Hong Kong y Macao deberán realizar una prueba de COVID-19 no más de dos días antes del viaje y dar negativo antes de abordar su vuelo. La prueba se aplica a cualquier persona mayor de dos años, incluidos los ciudadanos estadounidenses. En otras informaciones, la ciudad de Holyoke anunció el miércoles que celebrará First Night Junior, la cual será una fiesta diurna de Nochevieja para niños, jóvenes y sus familias, y se llevará a cabo el sábado 31 de diciembre en Holyoke Heritage State Park de 10 de la mañana a 1 de la tarde. Este evento es organizado por el Holyoke Merry-Go-Round, el Museo de los Niños en Holyoke y el Departamento de Conservación y Recreación de Massachusetts, con el apoyo del Departamento de Parques y Recreación de Holyoke. First Night Junior incluirá paseos ilimitados en el carrusel, entrada al Museo de los Niños y entretenimiento en vivo. Las festividades concluirán con el descenso de la bola que simboliza la llegada del Año Nuevo a las 12 y 50 de la tarde. Yo soy Johan Rashi Vega y esta fue la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media a través de WHMP. This News Minute has been brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. We continue our preview of First Night with Steve Sanderson, who is the events producer for the Northampton Arts Council. 
and Ray Mason, the godfather of the local music scene, and Lisa Bastoni, a singer-songwriter who will be performing for us in just a moment. You had an interesting conversation going on with Ray during the break, Steve, so why don't you bring our listeners into it? Right. Well, first, I have to say that every time we say Godfather, we get the worst. Like, if looks could kill, Ray Mason would have slaughtered us all. Yeah, i got to change, Sorry, my, we'll, gotta we'll, change we'll, the sound of my voice. When you start <laughs> so, Ray Mason, you started your first band in 1966? 66 of the Gladiators out of Holyoke, Mass. And, uh, and I grew up in a housing project in Holyoke, uh, Lyman Terrace. And right next, uncannily enough, there was a Sears and Roebuck right next to the housing project. And um, so I'd go in there every day after school and I would smell the guitar cases. And, that. <laughs> and uh, you know, salesmen loved the yeah, project yeah. kids. They loved us. No, nothing we couldn't even here. afford to buy a pick. You know? <laughs> they, they thought we were coming in for a Kenmore washer. You know? <laughs> we, we kinda, they were let down. But anyway, so... Um, yeah, we started, me and my buddy started a band, and then we just kind of, you know, played around, did some uh, battles of the bands and some YMCA gigs in Holyoke down in the cellar there. And uh, the battle of the bands, we usually came in last. We'd always be in last. We kind of got used to that, and I didn't like those things. Anyway. Your name was The Gladiators. It was. <laughs> Why? Gladiators. Why did you call yourselves The Gladiators? I don't know. That's yeah. a good question. <laughs> to this day, I didn't come up with that name. Somebody else invented But um, one year, like, I, 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 one year we came in ninth instead of tenth. And we partied for two weeks. This is a true story <laughs> because we were in the middle of a song and Tom, our lead singer, in the middle of the song, took his shoes off and put them down by the base of the mic stand. And I could see all the judges start writing. I'm going, showmanship. They're writing in. They're giving us extra points for showmanship. The shoe's off. And we came in ninth instead of tenth. And we were so happy that we weren't in last place. We partied for two weeks. And all because I believe to this day that he, because he took his shoes off and, and we got extra points for showmanship. Oh, I could be wrong about yeah. that, but I'm... I'm sticking with that story. Yeah. We, musicians, we tend to get really good at celebrating small victories. Yeah. Well, that was, well we didn't think that was a small victory. <laughs> no. I, I, I'm going to ask you to move along before we get to raise feet. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. done, done, done. No. So, no, no, I, I, believe me, I don't ever take my shoes off in public. Thank you, Ray. And we love you for that. No, also this, in the studio like, with us yeah, today yeah. is Lisa Bastoni. All right, Lisa Bastoni, local songwriter, singer, who's been mentioned with the likes of Patty Griffin and Lori McKenna, which is amazing company to be in. Um, hi, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Hi. Going to play some songs for us today? I will play a song. I heard you, you've, been, you played, you've been playing a whole bunch and then you stopped for a month. I stopped for a whole month. A whole month? Yeah. Oh, no. It's been like a month and a half at this point. <laughs> I hope I remember how to do all this stuff. Are you new to the Valley, or...? Um, I moved here about four years ago. Four years. I can't believe it's even been that long. I feel like I just got here. Where from, from where? From yeah. From the Boston area. Boston area. Yeah, Cambridge. The homeland. Yes. I'm from Eastern Mass yeah. as well. <laughs> Where's the accent? Uh, do I have an accent? No, I, yeah, I don't. I can't hear no. it. No. Well, I Where'd grew up... Grow? In, I don't, I grew up in Connecticut, but I don't really like to talk about it. Oh, okay. So that's a, that's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, how do you feel about being mentioned with the likes of Patty Griffin and Lori McKenna? Did I don't even know what to make of that. I mean, yeah. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. You, you've been running around. I love them both so much. Their music is amazing. Yeah. Well, it's quite a bit. Would you like to play us a song? Sure. Awesome. Yeah. This, you... is, uh, this is called Walk a Little Closer. And um, just imagine that it's not about 50 degrees and sunny right now. It's <laughs> a little winter love song. Well, it's starting to snow And it's bitterly cold 
And we're walking through the woods along the stream I don't know why we're walking so fast I'm wishing it would last The light through the trees is like a dream It doesn't make sense, my dear The feeling is loud and clear As the ice-cold wind blowing through doesn't make sense, my dear I just want to stay right here Let me walk a little closer Closer to you And as we're walking down the street With the leaves beneath our feet The smoke is rising Through the chimneys along the way All the way back to my front door If I said I wanted more Well, I wonder what you'd have to say It doesn't make sense, my dear The feeling is loud and clear As the ice-cold wind blowing through It doesn't make sense, my dear I just want to stay right here Let me walk a little closer Closer to you Twilight is gone and the night is coming on. Cold fingers feel like they've turned to stone. And it's about all that I can stand not to reach out for your hand. Tonight there's no reason to be alone. It doesn't make sense, my dear. The feeling is loud and clear as the ice Doesn't make sense, my dear I just want to stay right here Let me walk a little closer Closer to you Doesn't make sense, my dear I just want to stay right here Let me walk a little closer Closer to you Whoa. Awesome Whoa. Thank you Lisa Bastani, you have a beautiful voice. Why, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Lisa, your songs remind me of, they're like so New England. It's like a hike in the woods. (laughs) This was literally inspired by a hike in East Hampton. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. So you're playing First Night. Is it the first time you've played First Night? Um, I think it's the second Second. or third time. Yeah. And Um, what's your experience with First Night? Second time at the parlor room for First Night. Um, Ray and I were talking. I think the last time our sets were back to back, and it was so great to hear you at the parlor room. And then um, we did one year virtually. Mm-hmm. And then last year I had to, I wasn't able to play it yeah. because my partner was exposed to COVID. Um, but now uh, we are, I'm really looking forward to being back live. Oh, so I are we. never take any of it for granted. Right, never again. You know? It's so great to have audiences. I mean, uh, you must know. There's nothing better than a live audience to get the best performance out yeah. of a performer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. I'm really excited you're doing First Night. Thank you. Oh, me too. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Lisa Bastoni will be performing First Night at the Parlor Room at 3 o'clock. How long have you been playing and performing? Um, I started as a teenager, and then I 
take long breaks sometimes. I took a 10-year break. That's where, that's where, that's where the segment started. Break. <laughs> <laughs> I took a 10-year break from all writing and performing. I did not touch my guitar. Really? And then when my kids were one and three years old, I thought... This seems like a great time to get back into the old. Oh yeah, because you had so much time and all this free time. No tension, pressure. (laughs) Um, So that this most recent bout of (laughs) performing was probably 2015, 2016, and it's nice to be back. Yeah. Well. What a beautiful song. Thank I, you. I can't wait to hear more. You have Thanks. a website people can... Uh, I do. You want to tell us yeah, so people can go listen? It's lisabastoni.com. Okay. We should be able to remember yeah. that. Thank you so much. Thanks. Steve, a final word on first night before we go to our final guest with some uh, art that people can experience this weekend? Oh, my goodness. So, Father Hotep, Eddie Saturn, Hedgewitch, Henning Olinbush, and the Northamptons. Oh, I wanted to point out the Northamptons. Debut with Susan Dillard as the new director of the Northamptons at the Academy. I love the Northamptons. I, I love I, this schedule, this performance. People want to see the schedule if they should not have picked up one of the purple flyers with the first night performance schedule on it. It is just full of everything for everyone. 12 hours. And by the way, the buttons, it's the last day to buy them for the $16 discounted price? Exactly. You buy them. You can buy them online, firstnightnorthampton.org, and then pick them up on the second floor of Thorns. And that button, not pin, opens every door, all 22 venues. 12 12 hours of... You would pay more than that to see any one of these performers, and you can have 12 hours. Exactly. You would pay more than that for one show at the Academy. Right. You know? And, and, and there's a dance program all day at the Academy. There's so many things to do. First night is the best. First night, Northampton. Steve Sanderson, Lisa Bestoni, Ray Mason, thank you all so very much. Break a leg. I can't wait to hear your performances and see you to, on first night. Thank you all so very, thank you, very Bill. much. Thanks, Thanks thank guys. You, Bill. Great to see you. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. We have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns. We need to keep talking about the intersection of white supremacy and guns. Guns are used in order to you know, elicit fear and power and control uh, by white supremacists. And it's not an issue that's going away easily. 101.5, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. It's the Big Finish event at Patera Dodge in Westfield. With a huge selection of Jeeps and Ram trucks, you'll get exactly what you want. And with special financing on select Rams and Jeeps, your savings will be huge. Lease a brand new 2022 Ram 1500 Quad Cab 4x4 Warlock for only $379 a month. Or lease a new 2022 Jeep Compass Latitude for only $369 a month. Or take on winter in a new Jeep Renegade Trailhawk 4x4 starting at $369 a month. And get Patera's exclusive 100,000 mile warranty. Save hundreds, even thousands over other area dealers on new Jeep Wranglers, Renegades, even Jeep Grand Cherokees. But Terra Dodge will even buy your car, truck, or SUV and give you top dollar for it. So buy your new Jeep or Ram truck at Patera Dodge during the Big Finish event going on now. If it says Patera Dodge on the back, you've paid thousands less than other area dealers. But Terra Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Route 20 in Westfield, right next to the Westfield Walmart. Go online for more Patera Dodge specials. Call 866-982-4901 for details. I'm not sure if opposites attract, but most couples differ greatly in their views about household finances. I'm Frances Rayum, the money doctor, with Hug Your Money. 
Money is a very volatile topic, and most seem to either argue about it or rarely discuss it. A sort of division of labor emerges, one partner becoming the steward of household finances, the other less directly involved. This arrangement may work until a stressor is introduced, college expenses, budgeting issues, impending retirement, etc. That's when sparks can fly. Each person's perspective is quite different, and it's likely only a short-term solution if any will arise. The Hug Plan presents an easy-to-follow, long-term solution that helps get both partners on the same page, alleviating stress and inspiring them to manage their finances successfully. I'm Francis Ray, I'm the Money Doctor. We now offer advanced tools and financial coaching using our patented system, all under one umbrella. For more information and to schedule your free consultation, visit our website at hugyourmoney.com. Learn Spanish, learn French, learn Italian or German. Learn a language with the International Language Institute. Beginner, intermediate and advanced conversation classes. Speaking the language with others who are learning. And ILI is a PDP provider for the state of Massachusetts. Plus, earn continuing ed units. Learn Spanish, French, German, Italian, Portuguese. 10-week part-time online classes start January 17th. Sign up online. The International Language Institute in downtown North this is Bill Newman, WHMP. The beat goes on. The beat goes and this is Art Beat with Donabelle Cassis, who has with her and us today a very special guest. Donabelle, the microphone is yours. Thank you, Bill. Good morning. You know, during this holiday season, we've been playing a lot of family games, several of them using decks, card decks. And lately, I've been seeing a lot of artist design decks on the market. So if this interests you, you must just check out an exhibit at Springfield Museums titled Card Tricks, Salvador Dali and the Art of Playing Cards, which is up through March 5th. So joining us today is Curator of Art at Springfield Museum's Maggie North. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Happy holidays. And thank you for highlighting this exciting exhibition that's on view now through March 4th. So plenty of time to see it. March 5th, actually. Did you just <laughs> say Salvador Dali and the Art of what was that? Do that again slowly for, for those of us who are in the back of the class here. <laughs> yes. So Maggie, it's called, uh, it's called uh, Card Tricks, Salvador Dali and the Art of Playing Cards, which, you know, artist design cards have been around for a long time. Can you tell us about that, Maggie? Absolutely. The history of playing cards is a long one, although historians can't pinpoint an exact date in which the first deck of cards was made. We think that playing cards have been around in some form since the 10th century. So for thousands and thousands of years, artists and creatives have been interpreting and reinterpreting and recreating these playful decks of cards that are used for entertainment um, and have taken on many different forms throughout the ages. And Salvador Dali, the surrealist artist who's best known for his paintings of um, barren landscapes and melting clocks, created his very own designs for playing cards in the 1970s. This was a little bit later in his career, and it was uh, an interesting and creative endeavor in the mode of playing card design. And he actually made lithographs after those playing cards. So the lithographs are on view in the exhibition at the museums. 
So I, I believe the reason why these became more popular later is because people had access to printing technologies. And did he partner with a printing firm to make these cards? Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, playing cards really became popular, um, more popular in the 17th, 18th centuries when printing technology was advancing. And um, Salvador Dali had early in his career, he had kind of an aversion to printmaking. He was more interested in the original paintings, but by the time he was in his 50s and 60s, he had begun to embrace printmaking as a larger part of his artistic repertoire. And he did partner with a French printing firm to produce these 17 de designs that were released as part of a limited edition deck of playing cards, as well as as lithographs themselves. So what do they look like? I mean, are they regular playing cards? Like what, what, did, what do they look like? Because we, we all know what he uses in his paintings, and I'm curious if he puts those on these cards. Yeah, so these playing cards are a lot of visual fun. I like mm. to tell folks that when you come to the exhibition, treat it like a scavenger hunt. See what motifs you can find that might be unexpected or completely new to playing cards. Um, and I guarantee you there will be a few surprises. Dali's cards are based on the quote unquote Paris pattern, which are the cards that we know of as having face cards. So kings and queens and jacks and aces. Salvador Dali reinterprets those designs and essentially creates his own wacky, surreal, irrational, absurd versions of jacks and kings and queens. So, for example, one jack has a, a nose so long that it must be supported by a crutch, and one of the queens <laughs> has ladybugs for eyes, and interesting <laughs> objects like dragons and keys sort of appear in the background or on the garments of these noble figures. So, they're a lot of fun to look at, and I think fit into Dali's um, artistic career and fit into his desire to create images that could trick the eye really well. Oh, oh gosh, definitely. And I love, I think I saw a few of the images where, yes, when you flip the card in certain orientations, the image is definitely different. It's not symmetrical at all. They're super vibrant, which I love. And, you know, when you say there's like a scavenger hunt, I think that's what the beauty is about this show is that you get to go in and discover something in a very direct way. And um, I don't know, especially this time of year when everything's like hustle bustle, a museum is the best place to kind of be in a quiet space and just sort of contemplate. And um, tell us a little bit about the permanent collection that this suite is drawn from. Like I know there are only eight on view. Are there more in the collection? So there are only eight on view because there are only eight in our collection, even though there was a larger group of, of 17 of these that were made. Um, the museums only own eight. There mm -hmm. are other examples at other museums, but these are really drawn from our large collection of works on paper at the Springfield Museums. We have numerous prints, drawings, and photographs, which unfortunately can't be on view all of the time because they're light sensitive and so they're subject to fading. But every mm -hmm. So often we really enjoy pulling out a certain segment of this collection and sharing it with our audiences and having a new opportunity to take a look at these works of art. Um, these playing card designs by Salvador Dali have not been on view since the early 2000s. So oh it's my been gosh. quite a while and we're yeah. happy to have the opportunity to pull them out again.
Now, how long are they up? Because it was, I heard it was just extended, which is great. So we can check it out longer. When can people see it and how long? So this exhibition is on view through March 5th. We did recently extend it. There's been some great interest in this show. Um, and I'll just mention as well as the Dali cards, we do have a couple of ex examples of contemporary playing cards on view in the exhibition. So cards by designers and artists that are working and living today and who've put their own spin on the playing cards. So lots of um, artistic inspiration to be had within this show. And as I said, a lot of visual fun. Oh my gosh, Maggie North, I can't wait to see this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Check the show out at the Springfield Museums. And Thank it will, you. and Maggie, it will be available this weekend, except for New Year's Day. Exactly. We are closed on New Year's Day, but otherwise we are open and so happy to have folks come to join us for holiday fun and art at the Springfield Museums. Mm -hmm. Can hardly wait. Thank you so very much very much. And thanks for being back with us today. And thank you, Donabel Cassis. I'd like to thank you, Donabel, for your segment every week, Artbeat, as well as our other regular guests and segment hosts, Salman Hamid, Salman Hamid's Universe, Crime and Punishment with John Pucci, the comedy quiz folks who are fabulous, cool films with Larry Hott, the elected officials who are with us, including the, all, many of the local mayors on Mayor's Monday, and Sex Matters with Dr. Jane Fleischman, one of the few shows has a resident sexologist, but we do. Political Goal with Josh Silver, your state you with Max Page, who was with us this morning, the Reverend and the Rabbi, talking baseball with the Duke, and of course, Heartbeat with Donabel Cassis. We thank all of you for all you bring to our community and our show. We thank you so much. We wish all of you and all of our listeners a very, very happy new year, prosperous, safe, and healthy one. Thank you all so very much. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. The Literacy Project is the place to go if you are an adult looking to improve your reading, writing, and math skills, or if you want help preparing for the high school equivalency exam and preparing for college. To find out about our free classes in Franklin and Hampshire counties, check us out online at literacyproject.org or call us in Northampton at 413-584-6755. If you want to learn, the Literacy Project is the place for you. Pets and people, they belong together. They help us feel calm and loved with every tail wag, kiss, and snuggle. Dakin Humane Society believes in this bond, and your support keeps people and pets together. You provide resources so animals with medical issues can get the care they need to find homes. Our pet food aid program lets people face tough times. Live in local and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station.